You are now listening to the Post-Pandemic Church Podcast with your host, D. Brandon Campbell. That would be me. I am D. Brandon Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at christianpreneurco at gmail.com. That's christianpreneurco at gmail.com. Or hit us up on our new website, christianpreneurco.com. That's christianpreneurco.com. Hey, it's D. Brandon Campbell, and I'm so excited you are joining me on today with our new podcast. I'm so excited. This is the post-pandemic church podcast with D. Brandon Campbell. I want to do this podcast because I believe that the church is in a pivotal place. And if we have the right tools, the right concepts, the right ideas, and wrap it all in a lot of prayer, I believe that this could be a big opportunity for the body of Christ to grow the body of Christ. And so I want to do this podcast to help you. This is for pastors and leaders, but also for just people who care about the body of Christ, people who care about the church. I want to talk about that on today. So our topic um, today, I want to talk about that throughout our entire limited series podcast. We'll be doing uh, a number of episodes throughout this year of 2021 to help you and your ministry uh, and your congregants um, to be a new type of church after this pandemic has finally ceased. Amen and amen. We do believe that is coming very soon. We're so grateful for the doctors who have and the scientists who have created uh, vaccinations for us. So we believe that God's going to do something amazing very soon. But uh, on today, today's topic, I want to talk about creating community. That is going to be the most important thing that your church is going to have to do. Now, if you are a pastor or a leader, I'm going to tell you right now, you should probably listen to my podcast um, with a pen and paper in hand. Or if you can continue listening to it in the background and just take out your note app, that's probably what you're going to want to do. Because I believe that God is going to give us some nuggets um, throughout these podcasts that are really going to be a blessing to your church. All right. So let's talk about creating community. Now, for the past 30 years or so, the church has really grown um, by having amazing services. People will choose your service uh, over another church's service because you might have uh, more amenities or you might have better music or maybe they even just like your preaching style uh, differently. I remember when I was younger, I started watching A.R. Vernon uh, in Ohio. Uh, He passes the word church in Ohio and uh, I remember flicking through the TV channels one day and I saw this uh, man come on the screen and this man had a uh, queen size bed on the stage and he was sitting on the bed and he was talking and his sermon series was about sex. And I was floored that a pastor had taken uh, his church and turned the the stage into a bedroom. I was floored by that, but it, it caught my eye. It caught my attention. And so the rise of the growth of the church in the last 20 to 30 years has really been about creativity uh, in your services. How does your service look? How does your service feel? Another thing that we've done is we have shortened our services. Our services, when I was a kid, I'm in my mid thirties. When I was a kid, uh, services were two to three hours long. When my parents were kids, services might have been four or five hours long. Now services are just shy of an hour and a half uh, or less. And so that's where we are now as a church. We are at the place where time is much more 
um, you know, stretched. And so therefore people don't have as much time as they used to have to be sitting in your church. And as a matter of fact, even with an hour and a half service, sometimes people still show up late. And so they're only in your service for 45 minutes, 50 minutes or whatever, because they don't have a lot of time. They are doing many, many other things and they don't have a lot of time. So they'll come and visit your church. Um, but oftentimes they don't commit to your church. So we've shortened the time. We've uh, uh, created a lot more um, opportunities for creativity in our services. And we've done a lot of things to kind of make this appealing um, to the outside world. Now, one of the things that has been interesting, and I, I do understand why we've done this, is that we have directed many of our um, services, many of our sermons um, to outside Christians. We have um, focused on getting people to come through the doors and come into the building. And I understand why we've done that. We've done that because we want to see the church grow. We want to see the body of Christ grow. But what has happened is we have, as the church, as a collective capital C church, we have neglected the disciples that are already in the church. We're preaching sermons and we have these things called fishing services. And there's nothing wrong with these. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like this is a bad thing. But we have these fishing services where we are fishing for souls. And we are going after people who are uh, lost and we are trying to get them to come into uh, our church and join the body of Christ. And that's an amazing thing. But we don't have the same exuberance. We don't have the same push um, to keep disciples strengthened and to give them the tools necessary to evangelize and to know the word of God. We used to have Sunday school and Bible study and all of these things to teach the Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. As a pastor, I was vehemently against having Sunday school. Anybody who knows me knows that I did not like Sunday school. Okay. It was not my thing. And it wasn't because I didn't enjoy the Bible. I did not enjoy the format. First of all, why are we calling it school? Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to go to school Monday through Friday, have one day off where I'm trying, probably trying to catch up on my homework. And then I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and I'm going to go to Sunday school. Yeah, that's what I want to do. And see, sometimes we set up things like that. And so uh, it didn't work because the formatting wasn't good. It didn't work because it didn't make sense to some people. And so uh, I've never seen a lot of success with Sunday school. There's very few churches who would have more than a handful of people in Sunday school. On average, 80% uh, of the people who came to uh, their service did not come to Sunday school. Right. That's crazy. But that's the way it has been. And so. Now we've created these shorter services. We've gotten rid of Sunday school. Um, Bible study sometimes is, is still only lightly attended by people. So we have not focused our energy on the disciples in the body of Christ. And so because of that, the disciples don't know the word of God as much. The disciples don't have access to the power of God uh, or they don't know they have the access to the power of God. And so they are now out here and they're becoming the type of Christians that are living through their thoughts instead of living through their faith. Did you catch what I said? We are creating Christians who are living through their thoughts and not living through their faith. And so because of that, when you have a thought uh, uh, church, when you have a mind centered church, when you don't have people who are faith centered, um, a lot of questions arise because I can Google a lot of things uh, about the Bible that doesn't make sense to someone who doesn't have faith or doesn't make sense if we don't know the culture and the history. And so now I'll go and ask 
one of these mind-centered Christians and what happens uh, if they don't have the answers, or they don't have all the answers or the answers doesn't make sense um, then that person no longer believes so now while we were creating services I know I'm kind of bouncing around here but we were creating creative services and we were shortening the time and uh, we were having better singers and better music and all that stuff we cut out things like Bible study uh, or at least cut it down we've cut out Sunday school and so now what we have is a bunch of people who are uh, approaching Christianity with their mind and as they approach Christianity with their mind with their mind as they are asked questions um, from non-believers they don't always have the answers we have not equipped them with those answers and we have not strengthened them as believers so they believe but their belief is wavering wow right so we have created all of these types of things um, by focusing solely on making our services more creative, making our music sound better. Now, listen, we needed an upgrade, so there's nothing wrong with that. But now it's time to shift. Now, what do we need to shift to? That is what we're going to talk about when we come back from a quick commercial break. Hey, it's D. Brandon Campbell, CEO of the Christianpreneur Company, and I want to introduce to you our new website, ChristianpreneurCode.com. It offers many wonderful things, including merchandise from designers you may have never heard of, but you're going to love. We also offer webinars and videos to help you in your life. You will love the Christianpreneur Code's website. That's ChristianPreneurCode.com. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. I hope that our first segment, we kind of broke down what we've been doing over the last 20 or 30 years, and I hope that you got all of that. It was kind of all over the place, but uh, I'm talking from my heart. I do have my notes here, my handy little notes, but I am talking from my heart, so I might have bounced around a little bit, but uh, essentially what I was saying was is that in the last 20 or 30 years, we have focused on building services and pulling people into the church, but we have not strengthened um, the disciples and the believers who are already in the church. So because of that, we have a weakened church in the areas of um, Bible knowledge, uh, in the areas of access and spiritual authority and power. And so now we have this church that is consumer uh, focus. They are uh, of a consumer mindset, should I say. And now they're coming in to consume your services. They're coming in to consume the music. They consume your preaching, but they're not necessarily living it. They're not necessarily being um, the disciples and believers that they could be um, because we have not done what we needed to do with them to make them stronger. Now, what do we do about that? How do we make this thing work? After the pandemic, the world is going to get back to normal. Let's just go ahead and say that. It's going to happen. We're not going to end here. This is not the end of the church. This is not the end of humanity. I don't believe that. I believe that we're going to get back to normal. The question becomes how? How do we get back to normal? How do we make this work for the church? That is the purpose of this podcast. It is the purpose of this entire limited series podcast is to help the church get to a new place, but to also get back to a sense of normalcy. So after the pandemic is over, what will people need? The number one thing people will need is community. They will need to gather and be around other people because for a long, 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 long time, we have not been able to gather. 
people have just been at home. Could you imagine maybe most of you listening are married or, uh, or around family, but could you imagine how many single people are just sitting at home and they're not able to connect with someone? They, they haven't had a hug the entire pandemic or very few. They have not been able to gather. They have not been able to travel. They can't come to church. They can't go out to eat. They can't hang out with their friends and have brunch. Now, I know some people are defying these orders and they're living their best lives. But for the most part, things have changed so much that many people are living life by themselves. And let me tell you something. That is how Christianity has been for the last 15 years. I've watched a lot of people walk out of the building and still call themselves Christians. Why is this dangerous? Because Christianity was never meant to be done alone. Jesus, who is the son of God, who is God incarnate, he came down into flesh. He didn't do this by himself. He had 12 main disciples and hundreds of other disciples that would follow him from town to town, listening to his teachings. He would go and create disciples everywhere he went. Jesus didn't do this alone. So why do Christians believe they can do this alone? You know, I used to say, yes, you can be a Christian and not go to church. Absolutely, you can. But you could also be a car and not go to the gas station. But how much of a benefit is it that you're a car without gas? Because at some point, if you just keep going, if you keep on living life, you're going to run out of gas. You need some gas. You need some fuel. Church is the fuel for the believer. Church is the fuel for the believer. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching people on social media who saying they don't want to go to church because there's too much gossip or there's too much foolishness or the pastor wasn't living right or they didn't treat me right. Or when I got pregnant, they kicked me out. Church, what are we doing? This is where people should be able to come and be broken and not be forced to look like they're put together. You should be able to come in with your child from wedlock and not feel guilty about the child. You should be convicted of the sins, but not not feel guilty of having the child or not feel guilty with what you've done because guilt doesn't change anybody. Guilt just runs people off. It is conviction that will change lives and conviction brought about with love, with the love of God will help people be better. So church if we're going to create community, the first thing we have to do is stop being so rigid. Stop being so judgmental. Yeah, if that guy comes in and he's displaying feminine uh, qualities and it seems like he may be homosexual and we know what the Bible says about that, we got all that, right? But what do we do about it? Has anybody prayed for discernment on how to handle these situations and how to deal with the broken person that might be inside of there? Or are we just condemning their sin because we could see it? What if people could see your sin? What if people could see what you did in the late night hour on your phone? What if people could see the thoughts that you were thinking when you were at work? What if people could see what you did? And sometimes because our sins are hidden and please don't get all deep on me and act like you don't have sin. You are not telling the truth for all have sinned uh, past tense, but all come short present tense of the glory of God. 
if you say to yourself that you don't have sin in your life, you're probably lying and that would be a sin. But church, if we are going to create community, the first thing we have to do is not be punks and not have a standard, but learn how to have the standard in love. Learn how to deal with the person. We used to say, hate the sin, not the sinner. How about we let God deal with the sin? How about we just love people? How about we just treat people right? How about we just make sure that sin is not comfortable in our presence, but the sinner is? How about we focus on making that person closer to Christ instead of preaching them into hell? You and nobody else you know has ever gotten saved from being scared of hell. Now, it may have made you stay in church. It may have made you uh, pray before you took communion, but you have never come to Christ because you were afraid of hell. Let's just be honest. Hell is not tangible to us. It doesn't. It's not something we feel or we see. But the love of Christ. Oh, man, that thing is thick and you can feel it. And church, we have not done a good job with loving the sinner. Oh, we bash the sin. We bash the mess. Don't you have no baby out of wedlock? That church coming for you. Don't you come in here with no feminine qualities and you're a man? Oh, the church is coming for you. Don't you come in here doing stuff that we don't agree with because we're coming for you. Stop. That's there are rules. We are a hospital and the sick should be able to come to us. But guess what? If you come to the hospital and you have flu symptoms or God forbid you have COVID symptoms now, guess what? You got to have a mask on. There's some rules. There's some standards. That doesn't mean you can't come in there, but there's some standards. And we need to learn how to have our standards in love. We have our standards. Oh, we got standards, but we don't have them in love. We're very rigid and our rigidness is selective because if the musician that plays for us does something grimy, he'll still continue to play for us because we need that music. But oh, let the singer that he did something with be the one that is punished because we want the talent of the musician more than we need the singer. Cause we got a dozen singers, but we only have one good musician. You understand what I'm saying? Church, this is what we've done. This is the truth. I know what I'm talking about. Don't at me. I'm going to be saying it a lot throughout the podcast. Cause I'm going to step on some toes. Don't at me. Don't come at me. Don't, don't tweet me. Don't Facebook me. Cause I know it to be right. I've consulted with hundreds of churches all across this nation, and I know the stuff that we deal with. And this is one of the things we got to work on. We have to stop being so rigid because we can see somebody's sin because they have a baby in their belly, but they don't have a ring on their finger because they are male and they're feminine acting or they're female and they've shaved their head and they look to be some kind of uh, masculine, uh, have to have some kind of masculine way about them. Listen, church, it is not our job to judge these people. It is our job to love these people. So when the girl comes in with the short haircut and a tighter lining then you guess what love on her show her the love of god give standards standards that are biblically based but you do not put standards on her because you think the people in church gonna look at her funny because she comes in here looking strange no you can't come into the church if you are a gay couple and hold hands and kiss no you can't do that it doesn't mean we don't love you. It doesn't mean that you're being judged. It simply means there is a standard in this house and we love you, but you need to keep coming while we love you and you get where you need to get in God because God will convict you of any sin that you have in your life. The spirit does the conviction. The Holy Spirit does the conviction, not the preaching, not the pastor, not the service, not the church. Amen. I done got on a high horse, but we can't create this community until we stop doing the things 
that cause us to divide the community. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Hey, listen, in this day and age, you are looking for amazing churches to watch online, to listen to uh, while you are doing your Sunday morning thing. I know you're not sitting there watching it, so don't act like you are. But listen, I have two amazing churches for you to go check out on Facebook right now. Go ahead and search them out. It's Arrow Church with Pastor Eric Hampton. His church services are short sweet and to the point. And let me tell you, you will get an amazing word from this man of God or check out Proclaim Church with Pastor Randy Horn. You will search either of these churches out and find that they are amazing. They teach the word of God. They have great singing and great connections with people online. You will love listening to Arrow Church or Proclaim Church. Actually, why don't you listen to them both? Listen to one live and then listen to the other on demand. Check them out on Facebook today. All right, we are back with our final segment. We're talking about creating community. So in the last segment, we talked about not doing things that stop people from coming um, to be a part of our church. We got to cut some stuff out. We got to stop viewing people the way we view them and treating people the way we treat them and, and doing some of the things that we do. I remember when I lived in California, there was a law called Proposition 8 um, that was about banning uh, gay marriage or allowing gay marriage. And there was all of this money that was spent by uh, Christian organizations and churches uh, to the tune of like, I think it was like 80 million, 100 million dollars or something like that to fight against this proposition. And I believe it passed, if I'm not mistaken, uh, allowing gay people to be married in California. Now, here's the thing. Um, the church does have a standard about homosexuality. It is biblical. It's in Leviticus. And, uh, you know, I, I know people feel a certain kind of way about it, but I, I'm not here to argue about if gay and gay marriage is right. Like you already know the church's stance on that. Right. That's not what we're talking about. That's not the purpose here. But my problem that I had with um, how this was handled in California and with the church is that all of this money was spent to fight against this proposition. But uh, why didn't we do something when the little boy in the choir showed feminine traits? Why, why didn't we do something um, when we saw the little boy walking down uh, uh, the aisle and, and it seemed like he was not, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, very masculine or when, if we have a problem with homosexuality, why didn't we deal with it um, when we saw the roots of it starting to sprout? Why would we want to deal with it on the tail end? Now, I don't want to make this about homosexuality, but it's something that has been uh, very, very uh, large and, and a big problem in our church. And so now the homosexual community or the, the gay community has become uh, attackers of the church because we have not dealt with them properly. I'm not here to say I have all the answers about how we should deal with homosexuality. I don't have all the answers. But what I do know is they should not be rejected from our churches. They should be allowed to come in. And hear me, I know this is controversial, but they should be allowed to come in with their partners. And the standard that is the same standard that I would have for single people is that, no, you can't be up in here kissing and holding hands and stuff like that. We can't allow that because this is not the place for that. This is not what we do here. And I think that standard is just fair. Um, and shouldn't be too much kissing and, and touching going on and holding hands with married couples in church. That's not what this is for. That's not the place for this. Uh, you wouldn't do it in a court of law. So why are we doing it in the church? It's just not the place for it. But hear, hear my point here. My point being that they spend all of this money and all these resources on fighting homosexuality um, at the marriage level, but spent no resources fighting it at the root level. Do you catch what I'm saying? 
Where are we putting our resources? That's the second thing I want to bring up. We got to stop doing stuff that stops them um, from wanting to be in the building. Not just gay people, anybody in general. But where are we putting our resources? What, what, like, what do we? Where are we putting our money into? What are we putting our time into? What are we putting our effort into? Are we putting them into just the service? Because I'll tell you, in most churches, eighty percent of our money. Hear me, eighty percent of our money goes to the service. Yes. That building you bought was for the service. That musician you're paying is for the service. Those singers you have is for the service. What do you have after the service is over with? We have to create community. So that's what this podcast is about. So now I've told you what you need to stop doing, right? Let's, let's talk about what you need to do. What you need to do is you need to create community. You need to start planning this right now. If you're listening to this podcast, as soon as you are done, you need to start jotting down some ideas to create some social connections in your church. So here's some things I used to do. We used to have game nights. We would buy old school games that the church owned, like Monopoly and Life and uh, Uno, and we would bring them and we would have a room set up and we would be playing not gospel music, but playing like some old school music, some stuff that was really cool, um, some Michael Jackson, some Motown, whatever, some 90s music, and we would just have game night. And before game night started, we would have 10 minutes of prayer uh, and worship, or we'd have a 10 minute word um, and just encourage people. And listen, we didn't market all that. We just said it's game night. It starts at seven o'clock. And so at seven o'clock, we got up uh, and would say a word of prayer, or uh, maybe read a scripture, maybe just do a song and just say, hey, God loves you. He cares about you. We want you to know that we're having game night tonight because we want to connect with people in the community. And listen, every time we did a community event, the community showed up. Every single time I pastored for seven years and I had dozens upon dozens of outreaches and I never had an outreach. I never did a game night. I never did a movie night. I never did a pizza night. I never did anything that people did not show up to. But how many services have you had that no one showed up to? No one knew showed up to. And so we have to build community. And so now um, we don't just want to do those type of things to attract new people into the church. We need to do those things for the believers in the church. The believers in the church need some connection. We need to connect these people together to start talking to each other and praying with each other and holding each other accountable and going out with each other and doing all the wonderful things that we do in life with each other. But we need to do so by helping them to connect. We need to facilitate some opportunities for them to connect. So you can do a uh, board game night. You could do a pizza and uh, pizza night with uh, the youth in the church. You could do um, a, a spades tournament if you want to go uh, into that type of stuff. You can do that. You can have anything that is fun and that is a good time that will attract people um, to come together from the community as well as the body of Christ to have social events to connect. But put a little word in there and don't wait um, just until the end. At the end, we always would pray. OK, so we would always have a little five, 10 minute word in the beginning and we would pray at the end. But don't just wait till the end. Do something in the beginning. Let people know that this is a great place to just come and be connected. And let me tell you, we're going to have to create these kind of events now. We're going to have to start working on it now because people have been lonely throughout this pandemic. As I mentioned in a previous segment, that I imagine being single and being at home. And how many people have you hugged this year? And your job, you don't have any social interactions with people in your job you're, because you're working from home. Or you don't have any social interaction with people at church because the church is closed down, the buildings are closed down. And so you're lonely. The church has a great opportunity to build community, to pull people back in who have left 
to keep people who are in connected and to attract new people to be a part. That is what building community and creating community will do at your church. So I want you to take out a pen and paper and I want you to write down 12 things that you could do for social events. Now you could do a social event once a month. I'm going to tell you now that it's very hard if you don't have a team to promote it and to invite people to it. But if you do that, do it consistently. Do it like every fourth Friday of the month. We have a social night. Okay. You can say comedy show, game night, um, uh, a cook, bring a chef in and do a cooking class. A chef can come in, has a couple of hot plates, brings his pans and pots, pay him a couple hundred dollars and buy the food and have a cooking night. And you can do tickets to events like this. Everything doesn't have to be free, but you should make sure it's as low cost as possible. We shouldn't be having social events where it costs $150 for people to get in, okay? So we should be doing things that cost $25 or less because you can have so many wonderful things. But hire a chef, um, put it on social media. Hey, I'd like a chef to come in and cook a meal for our married couple. I'd like a chef to come in and teach the singles how to make some food. Um, you could do something like that. You can do uh, a, a poetry slam. You can have people who write poetry uh, and make it about a certain topic. Tell them it's a poetry slam about love and they can come in and talk about love or whatever. You can do a poetry slam. You could do, um, you know, just different things that connect the family and connect the people together. Listen, there's nothing greater than movie night. If you live in a warm climate or this summer, you can get a projector from Walmart. Uh, for about 80 bucks, 90 bucks, uh, as long as it's in a dark area and you can shine it against a white wall or you can take it outside and you can shine it against the side of your building if you have a solid uh, wall outside and you can do a movie night. And let me tell you, people will come out for that. They love that kind of stuff. You can provide free popcorn and do some amazing things with people if you just would give yourself the opportunity to be creative. Being creative will help you to do everything that you need to do to connect with the people that are in your community. I'm telling you, this is something that we need to do. We need to make sure that we are building community and that we are connecting with people because in doing so, it helps us to be a better church. So do these things and watch God work. Watch something change in your community. Watch something happens in your church. Make people feel connected. Make people feel wanted. Make people believe again. Connect with them. Create community. So right now we're still in the pandemic while I'm recording this. I'm not sure uh, if, um, you know, by the time you listen to it, if we're still in uh, in lockdown and quarantine or quarantine. Um, but guess what? Uh, it will end soon. But if we're still in it while you're listening to this right now, um, you know what? Start creating that community online. Go ahead and get a Facebook group for your church if you don't already have one and then create two other groups, one for men, one for women. Create one for the children. Do something that connects the people right now online and just start building and just start advertising. Hey, check out our church group. Um, come check out our church group and then tell them why they're checking it out. Tell them that they should come because you're about to have a bunch of social events coming up. We have some great stuff that you want to happen in the community and you're the one. Listen, I have a pastor friend. His name is Pastor Anthony Wright. He's on the south side of Chicago. Pastor Anthony Wright and I had this conversation a few years back, and he was looking to do some things in his community. And, um, you know, I just encouraged him. Like, these were his ideas. They're not mine. I don't take credit for it. These are his ideas. But he started to share some of that stuff with me. And I just encouraged him, like, bro, do it. That sounds amazing. That's great. Listen, he is one of the best outreach pastors I have seen in a long time. He His ministry has a boxing 
uh, school or boxing, uh, uh, um, I don't know what they call them, boxing ring uh, in their community. And they call it the Ring of Hope. They have it in their community. They also have um, a basketball court. They, they, they got a basketball court outside. They got a tennis court, I believe it is, a tennis court or volleyball court at their church. They're doing something to connect with that community. And it is amazing. One of the major projects that he worked on was a mural on the side of the building. And what he did was he collected pictures from people all across the neighborhood of their mothers and fathers and grandmothers and patriarchs and matriarchs of the family. And he put together a mural and put them up on the wall. And so now when people walk by and drive by, they see a picture of their grandmother or their mother on the side of his church. Wow. Kudos to my friend, Pastor Anthony Wright in Chicago, Illinois. His church is Just Christ Ministries. Google them. It's an amazing church. If you have a million dollars to spare, send it over to Just Christ Ministries. An amazing church, an amazing man of God doing some great things connecting to the community. You can do stuff just like that. As a matter of fact, he won't mind it. Steal that idea. Collect pictures of people in the community and do a mural inside your building. Do a mural in your hallway. Do one on the side of your building just like he did. And if you have any questions about it, reach out to him on Facebook. He'd love to hear from you. Listen, thank you so much for listening to the post-pandemic church podcast. I know you heard this phone ring in the background. Uh, yeah, I'm at the office and I didn't have anything to do. Came a little early and decided to get my podcast done. And I'm going to leave it in there. Like, it's it's fine. You, you, you're sitting at home working, right? All right, well, I'm sitting in the office. And I wanted to get this podcast done. I wanted to talk to you about creating community. So, if you heard the phone ring, that's what's going on. I ain't deleting it. I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to leave it in there. All right. Thank you so much. It's a post-pandemic podcast with D. Brandon Campbell. Keep listening. Make sure you subscribe and hit us up on ChristianPreneurCo at gmail.com. That's ChristianPreneurCo at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to the Post-Pandemic Church Podcast with your host, D. Brandon Campbell. You can reach out to us at ChristianPreneurCo at gmail.com. That's ChristianPreneurCo at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our brand new website, ChristianPreneurCo.com. That's ChristianPreneurCo.com.